0: good morning savilia how are you good morning how are you
1: just fine thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview with me today i am really excited about sharing your story with a lot of the women out there, because I know this is a huge pain point for a lot of women. Yes, it is. And and it is. It is. Our family is the worst. But it is a pain point that people use to shame women every day. And the true intention is your purpose is set by your creator.
0: Amen.
1: So your family doesn't decide that this one aspect of your life is a point to, that you should carry as shame. Right. Your platform, I haven't mentioned it yet, but your platform is Childless Not By Choice.
0: Yes, yes it
1: is. How did Childless
0: Not By Choice come into being? Because I am Childless Not By Choice. And as they, they being they, we, everybody on the planet, mm-hmm. as they say, uh, usually if there's, no, if there's a need, somebody's got a way to fill it. Um, and the way you fill it is because you probably had the need. And that's what happened with me. I, When I was going through my pain of realizing that I would not have children, I didn't really have anybody to talk to and, and commiserate with. Even other women who had children didn't get it. And uh, so I decided, I didn't see anything online. Of course, now that I'm doing it, I'm seeing all these different <laughs> platforms, but I guess it, I was supposed to be, so it happened. But I, I didn't see any help. Out there, so I decided to create the help, and I did it from scratch. Yeah, we have to be the help that we need
1: sometimes, and exactly. everybody everybody has their own space to fill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You said that uh, women didn't get it. What is the it that they don't get?
0: The 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 need, the innate need to want to have a child mm-hmm. for most of us. I, I always say 99.99% of us, because there are some women out there who don't care if they have children or not. And, and indeed, some don't want any. <laughs> but for most of us, we wanted children. That's just how our, our bodies were. I think that's how God made us. You know, there's nothing wrong. I, I have an interview. I have several interviews, of course, on my podcast. But I have one where I interviewed a woman who was childless by choice. So I understand that there are women who don't want children. And I don't know, we may get into this later, but those women are also shamed. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that was a great interview. Um, The things that she has been told, I was floored, because they seemed very similar to the things that those of us who who wanted children but just couldn't have children had to hear. And I just, I, I couldn't stand by and listen anymore, I just couldn't. I had to do something about it. And
1: what was that? What did you do?
0: I decided to, um, actually I was working, I had been at at this particular job for six years, and uh, I had heard two years before God saying it's time to go, and I said absolutely not, I want my regular paycheck, (laughs) I want to be able to know where my money is coming from to pay my bills, and go do a little shopping every once in a while. I deserve that, I don't have any kids, I deserve this. (laughs) so we argued for two years god and i how dare you how dare you (laughs) yeah god was probably like this girl what is wrong with her and so uh, for two years and then finally in november of 2014 i just i just i quit It, it was it was at the point where he said it's now or never Basically, I'm done with you. If you don't do this, I'm done with you. And I know that a lot of times people don't realize this, but God is going to get his work done one way or the other. And if it's not me, it'll be somebody else. And so I decided to just go ahead and obey. Has it been easy? No. I had a plan. You know, you have to plan. And I I come from a financial services background, so you have to have a financial plan. And I had a plan, but God had his own plan as well. Again, <laughs> you know, he never tells you things up front. I mean, if he did, I wouldn't do it. I still right. wouldn't do it, even if he, right. even though he said it's now or never, I still wouldn't have done it. But I'm, I'm trusting in, in him every day and believing in him, and I understand what the word provision means now, and I know what obedience means now, and girl. I'm just, girl, <laughs> I'm just going along with it. Oh my gosh, so. But I built it from scratch. I built. I started. Uh, I'm a blogger too, but the blogs really aren't even about this. They're about other things that I'm interested in. But I started um, on a radio station, on an AM radio, local AM radio station, and I did that for about six months. And I realized I wanted more control over the time I spent on on the air and just knowing what my numbers were. I'm, I'm big into metrics and numbers and all of that. And so I decided to leave after six months, after I heard about this thing called podcasting. I'm like, wow, podcasting, how cool is that? I can run my own show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just got into it. For me, if I know too much about something, it probably won't happen. So I jump in and learn as I go. And that's exactly what happened. My, my, one of my cousins got me set up on podcasting. And um, it's, it's been, I've got, I celebrated one year in July. And I have almost 40 episodes, maybe, 43, 45, something like that. And I'm just posting an episode. My uh, podcast producer, again, he has to be a psychologist or something because he's like, Sevilla, you need to be on a schedule. I'm like, no, I don't want to be on a schedule. I just want to do things when I want to do it. No, Sevilla, you have to be on a schedule. So, of course, we went back and forth on that. Finally, I created a schedule. So I post a new episode the second and fourth Monday of every month without fail, thank God, so far without fail.
1: (laughs) That that schedule requires a consistency that we don't want.
0: Exactly, because you want to run your own show.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You can't run your own show all the time, so yes, that's where I am now with the podcasting.
1: Okay, so that's where we are now. So now let's, let's jump back a little bit into the past. And as a little girl growing up, like most, You have doll babies, and the first role that you play is mommy, Mm -hmm. because that's the first role that you have in your life, Yes, is your mom, right? (laughs) So, and you thought this, you know, as a child, in your teenage years, and then when did it get to the point to where you were told or you realized that you would not be able to have kids?
0: Well, so yes, as a little girl, looking around at my role models, everybody's growing up getting married. And I'm just assuming it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. There is no thought in my mind that it wouldn't happen. If somebody had told me, even in my teens, that I would never have kids, I'd be like, please. Well, actually, in my teens, I was like, I don't know if I want any of those people. They're just... A lot of
1: work. They're a lot of work. Yes. When When I was around, I don't know, 9, 10, I had a niece and a little cousin born that were over the house a lot. Um, my mom was a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, so one being her grandchild was there a lot, but then the other being a cousin, my, my cousin was a first time mother. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every little thing she's running to her, ner- her nurse, because <laughs> that's her baby, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And they cry all night long. Mm-hmm. They, they got to have, a tent. that first year, you holding them the entire oh, yeah. time. it's yeah. it, it just struck me as so much work by twelve. I said, "Okay, this is not for me. I know this already. We're not gonna participate in this madness. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and check this one off the list. Oh my and eight, up till now, nothing has changed Keep that. In. Yeah, nothing has changed that. Wow. I um, I really don't even like babysit or play with. Until they get at least like ten or eleven months. Oh
0: wow,
1: well, okay. Uh, you know, when everybody's coming into the, the new is coming into the office and they're passing the child around. Nina, you wanna know? No, I'm good. <laughs> Bring it back when it can point or tell me what's wrong. <laughs> exactly.
0: when it can say something.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So at, at were you in your twenties? Were you yes. did you just happen to go to the doctor for a different reason? How did it how did well, you find out?
0: What happened was well as as I got into my 20s and my brother has kids and um when he had his first son I I fell completely in love and he had his his children early so he had his first son when he was 21 and so I'm a year older than he is and so oh my gosh I completely fell in love with that little boy I'm and he's he's 28 now and I'm still I'm wow. madly in love with all three of them I am just madly in love with those three people, but at that time I had no idea I wasn't going to have kids, so it wasn't because I wasn't in love with them because I realized I wasn't going to have kids, I assumed I was going to have kids. And then I was like, wow, I want one of these, (laughs) you know, and then when the second one came along, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are so handsome and so cute, and yeah, you got to help change Pampers, you know. When they come to visit, but they're your nephews. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, give them back. <laughs> give them no, back. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Oh, my gosh, I fell in love with those people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just, I can't wait to have mine. But then, yes, as time progressed, and um, late into my 20s, I had my OBGYN visit, and they started talking about fibroids. I'm like, okay, whatever. <clears throat> and um, And the first surgery I had, was in 2000 or 2001 to have them removed and uh, the, at that time the doctor was like okay now is your time to go out and have a, a baby because I don't know if people know this or not most people do not know that the fibroids are made up of blood tissue they're stealing your blood supply they make you anemic they do all these things to you and so if you get pregnant while you have all these fibroids going on they're sucking the, the blood supply from the baby which typically means miscarriage so they take off the, they remove the fibroids and they say, go get pregnant now. (laughs) And so the only problem was I didn't have anybody to get pregnant with. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) thank you, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And you just keep on going and you're hoping and you're praying that you meet the right person. You don't want to just go get pregnant to get pregnant by somebody, you know, and I just, that was not the lifestyle I wanted to lead. I wanted to, to, to have, um, a husband, I didn't want a baby daddy, and I didn't want to just get pregnant. I'm not being judgmental anybody to anybody. I understand why women do these things. I understand why. It doesn't mean I'm gonna do it, but I understand. So I'm not a judgmental person. You know,
1: our, our belief systems judge our own lives. and exactly. people, people need to accept and not yes. tolerate or realize, but just accept. Right. You know, when we speak, we are speaking for, for ourselves, ourselves based on our own belief systems. Mm -hmm. We are not sending judgment out to you. This is all all about what's going on
0: here. Exactly. And if that's the feeling that they're getting, honestly, then they probably need to check themselves because maybe they do feel a little bit of guilt or something. I don't know. But I know for me, that's not the life I wanted to lead. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed. I was like, please, God, send the right person. You know, I I don't want to... Not have kids, and I met this guy into my thirties, and I thought he was the one, and we dated for two and a half years, and then he said he wasn't planning on getting married again after two and a half years. He waited <laughs> he two and a half years. He waited to two tell and a half that? years to tell me that, so it broke my heart completely into a million pieces, and um, so it didn't work out. I I um, released him. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, yeah, it was two and a half years and I was madly in love with the guy, but some people suggested I I hang on and wait. No, Sevilla does not hang on and wait for anyone. Right, right. Sevilla is a queen. And so I I expect to be treated as such. And if that means that I end up having to um, release you, (laughs) you know, then that's just how it is. So I let him go and I kept praying. And in the meantime, I had two more two more surgeries myomectomies to remove fibroids I had um, all of this happened over the course of about a decade and I had even one surgery where they instead of going in and cutting me again they used a robot to go through my belly my stomach so you can see I don't want to get gross but you can see the scars you can see four scars two on either side of my belly button and then they also went through my belly button So there's basically five entry points into my belly where they went in to try to remove the fibroids. They said it would be less invasive. And after four hours, they brought me back out. And uh, when I woke up, they said, Savilla, I'm really sorry, but it took us four hours just to get through scar tissue. We never even got to the fibroids. And honestly, I think that was a surgery that really just really hit me the, the, the worst. I think every surgery for fibroid for uh, every myomectomy it affects you somehow at least it did for me because i know that a c-section means that they're cutting you in the very same place but they're taking out a baby well when they do a myomectomy they cut you in the same place they call it a bikini cut they cut you right below your belly button but they're not taking out a baby they're taking out fibroids and so it was It was a lot of mental stuff to deal with. And uh, but that was I think that was the hardest one, because after four hours, all they could tell me was, sorry, we never even got to the fibroids. We were just dealing with scar tissue and we don't want to leave you in there under like that for any longer than four hours. I'm like, OK, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that was also the time they put me in recovery in the maternity ward. It was one of those surgeries where they put me in recovery at the maternity ward. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? This is, this is not fair, God. <laughs> this is not fair. I don't understand. I'm a God's girl. I, 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 yes, I've made stupid mistakes throughout my life as a Christian woman, yes. But at the end of the day, I'm a God's girl. I'm living for you. I'm, I'm a boy, obeying your word. I'm doing what you said to do. I'm living the life you're telling me to live and this is what I get. So I had a hysterectomy in 2011. So, okay, the mental work,
1: was there any one particular technique or is there one particular uh, process that you used to help work through that?
0: I, I would have to say that the key to what I went through was being surrounded by the right people and I didn't even really realize it at the time, okay. but I don't know how to reiterate, and I say it a lot on my show, you have got to be surrounded by the right people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will die on the inside mm-hmm. because some people don't mean well for you. Mm-hmm. No matter how much they say they do, and no matter how they're related to you, blood or not, they you've got to have the right people around you, encouraging you and just you know praying for you and wishing you the best. I don't know what I would have done without my family and I really didn't tell friends even my good friends I never sat down and told them what I was going through because shame because they had children so and I I have an episode a recent episode called shame actually and so I didn't the only people I really had to turn to were my siblings my parents because they're the ones I trusted and so what, what are some of the
1: things that people say to women that do not have kids to shame them?
0: Oh, do you want one of mine? They're driving me nuts. I mean, it sounds funny, but when you're going through what you're going through, it's not. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that people don't always mean anything. They're just trying to be funny, maybe lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. But... Don't ask me if if I want any of your kids. No, I don't. I want my own kids, but enjoy yours, (laughs) you know, or um, you did not want any anyway. They're a pain. Oh my gosh, they drive me nuts. And again, I'm sure most women love their kids, but yes, your kids are going to drive you nuts every once in a while. That's just life. And so, you know, just the different comments that are made that they probably don't mean anything. I think the one that I that drives me the craziest is, well, it wasn't God's will. I, I, I was told that up to maybe a, a few months ago. I'm like, really? So you know all about God's will, huh? Okay, <laughs> you know, that I think is the worst. It was it was God's will, you have to, okay, I understand that it may have been God's will, but you don't need to tell me that. I, I mean, but thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. bringing the, the obvious to the attention sometimes hurts more than
0: it helps. Right, and and what do you what do you know about God's will when you have children? You know, it's like, what what if you lost one of your children? God forbid, God forbid, would would I be able to tell you it's God's will? No, I would never say that to you. And and be, not being able to have children is a loss, and that's one of the things I I know I'm jumping around, but as a, okay, as I mentioned just a minute ago, I had to end up having a hysterectomy in 2011 i was fine i was fine for the first few weeks couple of months whatever but then i just realized i was crying for no reason just i woke up crying i went to bed crying i was crying in the shower i was crying on the way to work on the way home i'd stop the crying enough to work my eight hours and then as soon as i got into my my vehicle i'd start crying again i'm like something's not right Mm -hmm. something's not right so i called my employee assistance program a lot, of things, a lot of people don't realize that this is part of your your, your insurance package, your, your package from work. And I, I was desperate. And yes, I, I was surrounded by people who loved me and cared for me, but I needed some objective help. I wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. And so I went to a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever his title is, and I went to him for a couple of months, and he was like, Sevilla, you're grieving. And I know part of it was probably hormonal as well. And I went to my OBGYN, we, we got set up on the hormones and made sure everything was okay. But the psychiatrist told me, Sevilla, you're grieving a loss. And this is what I'm trying to get people to understand. If you wanted children as badly as most women who are childless, not by choice wanted children, you're grieving a loss. So please don't tell me it was God's will. Because whether or not it was, I would prefer that you let it be him telling me it's his will than to just tell me something else. Just say, I'm sorry, or just be quiet, or just leave it alone. And that's that's the awareness I'm trying to create is just tell people, look, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything, or say, I'm sorry, and put the ball back in my court. If you tell me, I'm sorry, then I can say, don't worry about it, or thank you, but don't, don't propose to understand how I feel if you don't really understand how I feel.
1: Right, right. So, so what you have your podcast? Yes. How did the books come into being?
0: Well, I um, I created. It's really just a a thirty one day devotional that I have right now. It's very. It's a very thin devotional. You can see it's just it's just thirty one days, mm-hmm. and I just created content based on how I dealt with things. Because after I, I I stopped going to see the the psychologist, I said, you know, there are women out there I don't see any real books really. I don't know what's going on. I just I looked around and I'm there are probably a book or two out there that talks about this. But I think in this, without being Like I said before, gross or, you know, I really talk about how I felt, how my heart felt while I was going through this. And I I did it in 30, you know, in a 31 day devotional. So each day you get to read something. And to me, it's like a little salve for the woman whose child is not by choice. I'm still working on the 365 day version of it. I don't know why I'm taking so long. I maybe have 200 days worth of it. But I just, I want to create, you know, in the world we're in now, everything is so interactive that I want to create an interactive 365-day version of this Childless not by Choice devotional. And so I want people to be able to log on to Facebook and tell me how they're feeling after they, after they read a particular day or, you know, something like that. But in the meantime, I did this. I just made a quick couple of hundred copies of this and it's here for whoever'd like it. They can order it online, or I have some on me at all times. Online, where? On my website, uh, childlessnotbychoice.net, or savellamorgan.com. I have two websites. The savellamorgan.com is where my blogs are, and the childlessnotbychoice.net is where my podcast. All of my podcast episodes are there, and you can order this book.
1: And the there. title of the
0: book? This is um. 21st Century Hannah, which is the name of my platform, 31 Days of Encouragement. So that's the first in the series. This is the first in the series. I'm working on the 365 day version and then eventually I'll write a book, just a regular book on my, I don't want to call it a novel, but a book on my, my life experiences as a child is not by choice woman. I have the I have, I don't know. Something's blocking me. Maybe it's because my story is not finished. I feel like my story is not quite finished, so I don't want to. You know, maybe odd, that's what it is.
1: Odd you should say that because tell me how a woman that is childless not by choice feels about adoption.
0: Well, I I can't speak for every woman who is childless not by choice, but I know for me, I tried twice and some people tell me well Sevilla things are different now and and maybe they are but what I didn't mention earlier is that I'm also single I kind of probably did mention I never did get married I'm single and when I tried to adopt the two different times it seemed like being single was an issue and although I was making money I was you know I was was a stockbroker at the time so I wasn't exactly broke but and I could and and they said, oh, if you want to adopt, you have to get life insurance. I got the life insurance. I did everything I was told to do, and uh, I still got blocked. One one time I, I went, and I'm, this is not. I'm a Christian woman, by the way, so it's not like I'm speaking against the church. But there was one adoption. Um, uh, what are, I mean, it was like a get together at a church about an hour north of me, and I went up there. And I sat and I listened to everything and how to go about the process. And uh, I remember calling back and never getting a return call. I called several times and they never returned my call because I didn't have a husband sitting next to me, I believe, was the issue. And then another time I took some time off work, went down the street. It wasn't that far from where I worked. And uh, I had an appointment set up to, to go to this adoption agency I went, it was an exit away from my job. And to this day, I've never found the agency. And while I was there, I called, driving back and forth on this particular street. I'm calling and there's no answer. And I'm like, why? What is going on here? I get back to work, she picks up the phone. As soon as I get back to work and call, she answers. I'm like, I was just down there looking for you. I, I, I don't understand. How come I couldn't find you? And she's like, oh, well. She that was, that was her response. I'm like, let me hang up this phone now. Something's not right. And so I don't know to this day, some people tell me it was a God thing. Maybe they weren't legit. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a road I would not have wanted to go down. And so I just left it there. Maybe that's what it was all about. And so to this day, I've never seen the agency down there. I don't, I don't know what that was about. After that, I didn't try anymore. I just didn't try anymore I said you know what if, if something's supposed to happen it will but I'm all for adoption all for adoption if you can do it and and if you're if you have the credentials that they need and yes I know people complain about how expensive it is and I agree it's expensive and people ask me about um, doing something alternatively like just um, listen what's, what's the term when you just have a child in your home when the state Uh, what's the name of it foster parent foster parent Mm -hmm. and um i just don't think i know it sounds selfish but my heart isn't set up for that because i'd hate Mm -hmm. to have a baby or a child in the house and then say okay it's time to go and i'm like no i can't do that (laughs) yeah so no my heart's not set up for that i had had, one of my aunts
1: was a foster parent for years and every summer i had a new cousin Oh my gosh. <laughs> because you know, being a and she was sometimes an emergency foster parent, yeah. so she only had a child for maybe 24 to 72 hours.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, if that mm. time period happened to be when she was coming home, then I had a new cousin, but I only had that cousin for 20, you know, for 24 hours. Yes. It works for the system.
0: Yeah.
1: But you're right. You have to have the heart to be able to let go. Have a strong
0: heart. Uh, for that. Yeah. And already having wanted to have children of my own, I just couldn't do it. And yeah. Some people, I think, it sounds selfish, but I don't. I'm not a selfish person, so I'm not gonna even, you know, say, oh no, I'm, I'm not gonna defend myself. I know I'm not a selfish person, but I just don't think I'm set up for that.
1: So, what would you say to the young lady that found this video and just recently found out, you know, after? disney barbie baby showers for the friends graduating from college you know doing all the things that we're told to do being an obedient child and then getting to the one thing that she wants more than anything else and not being able to do it what would you say to her
0: i would tell her that there are some days you're going to have to hang on mentally spiritually physically emotionally with your fingernails but hang on. (laughs) Hang on and just know what God's plan is. Ask him what his plan is. Have the right people around you. You know when somebody's not the right person for you. And I don't just mean having a man in your life. I'm talking about your friends, your girlfriends, your female friends, your family members. You know, your spirit tells you Mm -hmm. if that person is right or wrong for you. Pay attention to your gut and have the, have the, Do what you need to do, even if it means being by yourself for a little while. Just do what you have to do to keep your mental balance about you. And just know that God has a plan. It may not be the plan you had in mind, but God has a plan. Stick to God. I I stepped away. I stopped praying for a while. I did. I was like, it doesn't make any sense to pray. He's not listening to me anyway. You know, so why pray? Been there. (laughs) You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. And my mom was like, are you mad at God? I'm like, she's like, please don't be mad at God. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not talking to him right now. So <laughs> I know when he made me, he was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? But, you know, I just was like, no, I'm not. And so for several months, I just refused to pray. But, you know, I had to make the decision to seek him again because he, was, he never moved. I did. I moved away from him. And uh, we have to make the decision and realize that what's what's the alternative, really? Because the alternative is don't pray, don't go to church, don't seek him, but then you go out into the world and there's nothing out there that's going to solve your problems. Going from man to man is not going to solve your problems. You know, even if you do end up getting pregnant and having a baby, and you love that baby, please love the baby. You had the baby, carry the baby, love the baby, please. You know, take care of the child. It's now not not about you anymore. (laughs) So just take care of the child, but still you feel an emptiness because you're not in God's will. It's not an emptiness because maybe you didn't do things right. It's an emptiness because you may still not be in God's will. So I would say try to put God's will first. Try to um, hear from him as to what the plans are for your life and hang in there with him and it takes time don't have ishmael wait on isaac no right you know just 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 don't don't go the ishmael way let me tell you i thought about it i'm not gonna lie i really did think about it because that's how much i wanted a child but i know the stories of ishmael and isaac i can't pretend i don't know these things Mm -hmm. and i can't pretend that um even if i didn't go sleep with somebody if i even if i did the in vitro way, which was the way I was thinking of was to have IVF, it doesn't mean it would have been what God had planned for me because I wasn't hearing him say, okay, go do it in vitro. That, that's not what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some times I just wasn't hearing anything. So I just wanted to be in his will. And I, I had already made the decision to go back to being in his will instead of going my own way. So just be completely in his will then, even if it means no children. Just be in his will and let him direct you. Is it easy all the time? Even now, no, it's not. It's not easy um, to see the baby shower invitations. And that's something that you brought up earlier. That is also something I discuss on my podcast. Create a boundary. It's not a wall. It's a boundary. You don't have to go to every baby shower. You don't have to explain why you can't make the baby shower. You don't have to tell people why or why not. For anything else, so why would you have to tell them about why you can't make the baby shower? Create boundaries. That means that you don't have to babysit every time somebody calls you at the last minute. Mm. Have your own schedule. Just because you're single and childless or maybe you're married and childless doesn't mean you're sitting at home doing nothing. You have a schedule. It may not be the same as soccer mom, but you have a schedule. Create boundaries and even if you are sitting home watching TV, that's your business. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And this is what I'm trying to get out to women out there who don't have kids. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> I should make a hashtag. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the name of your podcast and where could they find it? The podcast is called 21st Century Hannah. Mm-hmm. I took Hannah's story. Yes, Hannah ended up having five children, but she at first couldn't have kids. And so she was shamed by her sister wife because in that day and age you better produce and she wasn't producing so yes her husband loved her but she wasn't producing so i named the podcast after hannah and we're in the 21st century so 21st century hannah
1: so is it is it is it 21st
0: yes 21st separate word century separate word hannah h-a-n-n-a-h
1: and it can be found on all of the platforms with podcasts
0: Every platform it's available, yes.